The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Cariah, none other than the Jerry, Jerry Cariah, not the Jerry Cariah. <laughs> himself yeah you should be a the um thanks lots of stuff to go on for this show this week Uh, jerry you brought a ton of stuff um it's uh a stack we've got the gallup poll what is the new preferred investment the which is going to be pretty interesting for our listeners to know central banks and gold and reserves we were going to get an update on that we also want to look at the mindset of Gen Z in Zed. America, or Z as we say in Canada, uh, in Canada as well as in China. So what does Generation Z or Z think about physical gold and where they want to put their money? We'll have a talk about rate hikes. That's going to be an interesting talk. I want to talk about the rate hikes, also real estate. Um, because there's some funny things happening in the real estate market. Um, lots of conversations about where rate hikes are headed in Canada and okay. uh, just how kind of silly the whole the whole argument is and the whole discussion is. So we want to get into that. Speaking of silliness, I think we should also talk about the job market in the States because that uh, the job numbers just came out. If we have time, I really want to get to supply and demand on silver because i think that's also going to be a very interesting thing to think about going forward um you want to stay tuned to that it's going to be Mm -hmm. really really key to how what happens to the prices moving forward on gold and silver and then we'll try to get into the bricks because there's also some great news happening in there jerry let's start with this um with this uh new tabling of blocking central bank digital currencies yeah, this is a very big concern for a lot of a lot of citizens looking at this move of a World Economic Forum idea of moving into a central bank digital currency idea, which is digital currency 2.0. Because the currency that we have right now, it's all digital. You and I tap if we use debit. We do online banking. So it's just digital. But this digital currency can be programmable. So a growing number of Republicans, this is coming from Fox Business, a growing number of Republican lawmakers uh, unveiled a bill to block central bank digital currency, the pilot program, uh, which was introduced this week on Tuesday. Um, It was uh, presented by U.S. um, House Representative Alex Mooney of West Virginia, who also tabled the gold Standard Restoration Act a couple weeks ago that we talked about, so keep an eye on that as well. Um, And he tabled this bill, introduced it, uh, which aims to prevent the Federal Reserve from launching a pilot program that would test the operability of a central bank digital currency, CBDC, in the U.S. financial system. It would also, this move would stop the development uh, on its tracks and And this is exactly what his office is telling Fox Business. And the bill is ultimately there to close this pilot program loophole that the Fed has that can implement a test run of a CBDC without the consent of Congress. And there's a lot of other 
people joining in the bill. There's about 15 other fellow House Republicans, including Pete Sessions of Texas, uh, two Floridians plus DeSantis, and of course, even Democrats on the other side, candidate Robert J.F. Kennedy Jr. He's been vocal saying it greases the slippery slope to financial sla slavery and political tyranny. Um, and this is just the way that, you know, consensus is. They don't want the central bank digital currency, Jeremy. Well, well, also in Canada, you know, anybody who tried to get a passport last year or tried to travel with the ArriveCan app has got to be, we're talking pure people who are not looking at these articles, not necessarily politically active, not looking at the state of the financial system, things like that, which, you know, which is not really our listeners, let's be honest. Uh, a lot of the people listening to our show are making these inquiries and, and know a lot more about what's happening, mostly because they're probably listening to our show. Okay. But, um, but to, to anybody who is not that engaged with those type of things is going to look at it and say, wait a second, you guys couldn't even get me a new passport and you want it to be in control of my money. Right. Um, anyone who did catch Christian Freeland talking about, well, we've got all these people with savings accounts. Do you remember when she made that, that little slip up at the end of the pandemic? So I think that public trust of these type of um, implementations is going to be pretty low mm -hmm. um, moving forward. So great to see these type of bills being put forward because it just keeps the concept in the public eye and more and more people are going to see these things as more and more of these type of articles are published, mm -hmm. right? Hopefully um, see that. Well, like for example, I'll give you an example of where I'm talking from, okay? Um, uh, Biden had a had a had a fall yesterday again yeah and you know i had a friend of mine who again is not engaged in any of these things whatsoever um talking to me about it say hey did you see that happen i said i'm thinking to myself it's the fifth time <laughs> it's this isn't the first time it happened this is like the fifth or sixth time it's happened there was the bike there was the stairs, stairs. there was this stairs. I'm saying you're just no okay keep my mouth shut yeah I did why well maybe that guy is too old to be president <laughs> you know so it, this is about just a constant information being put out drip, there drip, for drip. people to finally get a sense of what's happening and I really think that that just to play into the central bank digital currencies I think that's what we're looking at and look then we can see the tide turning because Jerry let's talk about the Gallup poll let's talk about where do people, what is it people's preferred investment according to a recent Gallup poll? Right. So this is like the, you know, the consensus versus what's going on. It's a, it's a, two, it's a tale of two stories here going on. There is a, there's a flip, flip side. So um, a lot of investors that are coming to us at Guildhall are being told that gold may be volatile, gold may be risky, gold may be this or that. And I've had, just had this conversation just now before the show. And, and, you know, thankfully, the client was like, no, you know, we're going towards gold. And that's that. Oh, so you mean someone was telling them to not, yeah, not someone get from in. the from their their financial institution. But um, according to the a Gallup survey that was done in the States, gold has jumped above stocks as Americans preferred investment. According to the survey, the share 
who view gold as the best long-term investment, jumped 26% this year from just 15% last year. Number one was real estate. However, real estate dropped from last year's 45% dramatically down to 34%, and the share favoring stocks fell, 18, fell from 24% down to 18%. So this is you know, coming from the households. What do you prefer? Why do you prefer this? Because people are noticing something's going on in the world. They're noticing alliances that are being made. Looking, looking at the BRIC nations, looking at gold. Um, we have, you know, really, you know, funny commercials being uh, dripped on through through was it the golds the gold.com or. Um, trying to normalize gold you're seeing like investment uh, investment commercials now on on gold that it's everybody's asset so it's being normalized now it's being discussed at you know tables and and Thanksgiving dinners and Christmas dinners we're talking about gold here for a reason because people the consensus here is people are really concerned more about the return of their money than the return on their money no one's rolling the dice with their wealth and they're taking their wealth for themselves and they're putting it into gold and rightfully so this is the place to be so how much did market. gold go up uh it went up in terms from, of what that people are wanting it, ju it jumped to 26 percent this year from 15 percent last year okay now i will add my two cents to this saying this is a skewed survey i'll tell you why because they're asking people what their preferred investment is. And so there's no way to say gold is not an investment mm -hmm. because gold is not an investment. Gold is money. There is no counterparty risk. Mm -hmm. You are supposed to get a return for counterparty risk. That's what investments are in my mind, if we're going to define an investment or a portion of an investment. So if if you're not if you're holding gold because you want to retain your value as you just said you want to return on your capital yeah. then you're holding gold as money as an asset and as such you're not holding it as an investment correct so these are one of these things that we have to get past these terms mm -hmm. defining it you know more. every day we say money oh the money in your bank but it's not it's currency in the bank and it's we have to we have to make these distinctions. Yes, uh, we have to have the right wording to in order to have the truth of the matter, so that we can get to it. So when I look at that, I say, great, people want to people want to own more gold, but it's been put into a context of investment. I want to mm -hmm. see things move past that. Well, they did sell these. They did, they did say in the Gallup poll survey that gold tends to be the beneficiary when confidence level levels in both real estate and stocks are down. This is typically during times of economic recession or uncertainty as happened around the time of the Great Recession and is happening again today. So they are suggesting and they are telling the truth here um, that there is immense uncertainty in the world. So as a result, people are looking to gold. Okay, in the next segment, let's talk about the job numbers. Let's talk about rate hikes. Let's talk about real estate. Let's get into some supply-demand fundamentals as well. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. If you want to own physical precious metals, remember, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. If you want to hold physical precious metals, you give us a call. You can buy direct. You can store it in our vault with Brinks, 
or you can even hold physical precious metals in a registered account. This means that it's fully allocated to you, fully segregated from all other holdings at the vault. That means zero counterparty risk held in a vault outside the banking system, but within your registered account. A beautiful vehicle. Give us a call. Happy to talk about it. This is The Real Money Show on AM640. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver The website guildhallwealth.com. Let's talk about, in the last segment, we were just talking about a Gallup poll and the preferred, quote-unquote, investments these days, and we're seeing a great tick up in, in precious metals, specifically gold. People are looking towards gold as a means of protection during times of uncertainty, and while this is something that we have preached on the Real Money Show for years, we are here. These are the times of uncertainty, and uh, we're seeing that uptick in the Gallup poll as a result. Now, let's look at the the mindset of the of Generation Z. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people don't give enough credit to the young um, because they see how, how they're trying to indoctrinate the young, um, but. They are uh, changing their ways, but let's look across uh, across the Pacific to Asia and their opinion um, where they want to put their money as a younger generation. Yeah, this one struck home for me personally because my my time in, in the gold market started um, over a decade ago. Um, I was told at a very young age that, um, hey, this is not for you. This is, this is a very stupid idea. Um, you should look at gold. And as soon as you tell me not to do something, I'm going to be there. I'm going to look into it a little bit further. And this is what's happening, I think, happening here now in North America. But it's been the case for a very long time in, in Asia, uh, countries where culturally gold is the norm. Gold is the asset to hand out at weddings. You know, this is, the, this is your hedge just in case if something happens at your wedding, if something happens with the marriage, you have this to fall back on. And this, this article comes from the ChinaDaily.com. The headline is Gen Z is, is in a gold rush for precious metals investments. And this article definitely highlights this, this trend that it's continuing to flourish in China and in India. Specifically in China, they interviewed a few, a few younger individuals. One, one teacher, a middle school teacher, 25-year-old, has been purchasing gold products for the last three years, saying that, her interest switched to gold bars last year that she first bought a gold bar when it was priced at a certain price and the price jumped, and which means I have seen the investment return approaching. So you're getting some returns in the gold market. Um, but the reasoning is behind, behind this is they're all, they, want to perf- they prefer products and hard assets that maintain and increase their value over time. They're trusted. They've seen their parents do it, and they're doing it for themselves. They're finding this enjoyable because there's nothing like holding a hard asset, Jeremy. It definitely transformed the mindset. When you give that silver maple to your nephew or niece or your kids and you let them play with it with their monopoly, it definitely does something. It triggers some uh, curiosity and, and, you know, exactly what happened to me years ago. It, well, you, you were saying, you were just talking about that, and you were saying this is part of their sort of culture over there, and I, I was thinking, wow. I must be Chinese because um, I uh, went to a bar mitzvah this weekend, and I I knew right away I'm not giving them I'm not giving him a check I'm not giving the kid a check 
I'm giving him five grams of gold because mm-hmm. he's going to, you know, what is, what is he going to do? He's, he's going to, I don't, it doesn't matter what he thinks of it now. When he's 18 or 20 and he's gotten himself into his first bit of debt on his credit card, right. you know, he might look at that uh, five gram uh, bar of gold, or maybe he sees a headline in, in several years of gold peaking and, you know, going to $5,000 an ounce or something like that. And he says, oh, what is that worth? And he's going to think to himself about the checks he received that day mm-hmm. versus this, this gold that he's received. And I know that that's going to that's gonna plant a, a seed for him for the future to think about, oh, maybe, maybe I should have some of this in my portfolio. Maybe I should have this as part of my investment strategy, if you will, or just part of my wealth as a way to protect wealth long term, right? And that's the other thing, Jerry. We keep kind of, this goes back to the Gallup poll thing, this idea of somehow gold gets finagled into investments when why can't people just have wealth? You know, the wealthiest people have assets. Yes, they make investments, but because they've already got all this other expendable income to do that with. But how did the rich get rich? They owned assets. Correct. Even if that's a business, that means it's, own, it's an asset, right? So it, it's interesting that they're thinking, that Gen Z is thinking more about assets than mm-hmm. about investments. Yes, the interests in gold are, are improving. The interests are, are um, you know, growing there and it, it comes from the educators themselves, you know, in, in, in places like China and India. They're encouraging ownership of gold and silver. They're looking, they're, they're, they're turning their, the people's attention towards the, the introduction and the benefits of holding an asset like gold and silver. Mm-hmm. Um, among them in this article, in this, in this article from the China Daily, is the chief strategist, uh, Beijing Gold Investments, and citing the several elements to supporting the gold price going forward, which was the economic recession coming up, uh, the, the geopolitics, as we talk about a lot, the banking situations from Silicon Valley, the liquidity crisis, which pushed gold up to over $2,000 an ounce, and then Credit Suisse, and it just keeps going. And then as a result of all of these things, the Federal Reserve, he says that there's expectations for pause in interest rate hikes that have been piling up. The U.S. dollar will thus be deprived of policy support, which will be a pillar for the gold price. So I couldn't agree anything anymore. Um, we do our job. We try to do our best here at The Real Money Show to, um, to, to highlight the benefits uh, and how to um, own the asset of gold, silver, and natural fancy gold diamonds. Yeah, and, um, you know, let's, you just started to mention about interest rates. So let's, let's talk about some interest rates. Um, I'm already smiling at the ironies of the, of the interest rates and the the, cent- the central banks, you know, uh, just to kind of kick it off here. So they raised the debt ceiling, <laughs> um, which we knew would happen. Thanks to all well, those cuts. Who, who's going to buy this debt? No. Who's going to buy the debt? Italy? The Fed? <laughs> Japan? Who's, who's, who's going to buy the debt? The Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. So... And then the Federal Reserve's balance sheet is, I don't know, nine plus trillion, uh, up from under a trillion back in 2008. When are they going to pay that off? How are they going to pay that off? Let's not pretend that what they're doing is is going to get us to under a trillion dollars on the federal balance sheet. Don't kid yourself. Do not kid yourself. They are heroin addicts. They've taken a shower, put on a shirt and tie. And we're supposed to believe that they are no longer addicts. Mm-hmm. No, no, they're going to keep doing what they're doing. Every so often, they're going to try to make you believe that 
that they're somehow in control. Mm -hmm. They are not. Right. We saw it in 2018. They could barely pay it off. Yeah. They could barely raise interest rates. The, the interest rates, so here's my segue. <laughs> the interest rates haven't even worked their way through the system yet. It takes a year for those interest rates to work their way through the system. And they raised it multiple times over the course of one year. Have we seen those effects fully come through in the economy yet? We saw it work its way to Silicon Valley Bank, certainly. We saw it, it works its way through, what, two or three of the biggest defaults in banking history. Mm -hmm. We've seen that work. Right. So where do we head next, Jerry? Where, where are we headed with the interest rates next? Yeah, it's uh, definitely a tale between the skip and no skip. Uh, earlier this week, Federal Reserve members, leading Federal Reserve officials, are sending out strong, stronger signals that they will forego an interest rate, rate increase at the central bank's next meeting in June, actually coming up June 14th at 2 p.m., so we'll be tuned into that. Um, and they said skipping a rate hike, uh, that's, a, that's a new key word there, skip, at a coming meeting would allow the Fed policymakers to see more data before making further decisions. So these are leading members, among them being um, Fed Governor Philip Jefferson and Patrick Harker. So they were nominated by Joe Biden's, uh, you know, by President uh, Joe Biden to be the next Fed uh, vice chair. So these guys are obviously very influential as far as the next rate hikes go, which are coming up. Now, you're right. The Fed has implemented 10 straight rate hikes over the past 14 months. Um, didn't do really much to bring any, any inflation down organically. They had to sell a lot of oil and gas from the strategic oil reserves to bring inflation, uh, the, the looks of inflation, down. Um, Good point. Because now you can only sell that off for so long, right. and then you're back to, the, to gas prices going back up. And you don't have that option anymore. Correct. And, uh, you know, they, this debt ceiling issue apparently was resolved with a few cuts here and there. They're going to be expanding that ceiling, which is very inflationary, which caused an initial reaction for the U.S. dollar to break down. So the initial reaction was a dollar to start dropping. It, it tested 103, down from 104. The gold prices started to tick up rather dramatically. And then the tale of no skip comes uh, today because now apparently we may not have to skip. We may have to uh, keep raising interest rates because payrolls in the U.S. soar by 339,000. It blew away the, the estimates, the highest estimate. The estimation was, was around 100,000 jobs made. <laughs> And it came out with 339,000 jobs, double the estimate, even as people employed tumbled by 310,000, sending unemployment higher. So the unemployment rate, Jeremy, went up. It's everything is everything is is becoming a walking contradiction. Can, before we go on, though, I have to tell you what this. I had a, a chat with my dad today on the phone, and I mentioned the the job numbers, and he said, "What?" Uh, um, what do you say? Uh, lifeguards? And I said to him, what, they're doing trans lifeguards now? And he said, no, the jobs. I said, oh, you mean the job numbers, like they've, they've hired lifeguards for the summer. So that's where the numbers yeah. went up. They've, they've hired 100,000 part-time job yep. uh, lifeguards. And I was like, <laughs> what, is that like an LGBTQ thing? <laughs> <laughs> But but it's you true, right? But it's true. It, it's one of these things. Oh, have you seen how they even get those numbers? We'll get into that for do, sure. Uh, I, I've, I've heard that the way they do it is they have a bunch of people from the Fed 
just call around to different companies, basically saying, are you hiring? Yeah. To get numbers like that. And so they're totally falsified numbers. They always get um, uh, re rejigged down the road. But yeah, if you want to stop the US dollar from falling, let's throw out some numbers that the jobs are the job numbers are higher, right? Exactly. And then and then like you said, on the other end, the unemployment rate is ticking higher. So yeah. which is it? Exactly, which is it? The obviously the this jobs data report that came out today was a lifesaver because this report boosted the treasury yield, supporting US dollar, uh, dropping gold and silver via although it's gonna be very uh, temporary because the battle to, to curb inflation, which is currently hot and sticky, is, is really, really, really rearing its ugly head. And if you look into the jobs data, there's actually a divergence between the surveys that were taken versus household, household and establishment uh, figures. So they're diverging, they're separating. And as a result, and it's leading into the unemployment rate uh, rising from 3.4 to 3.7. Um, and it, we, and they highlight an economist. His name is uh, Nick Bunker. He points out points out that the unemployment rate rose for all the wrong reasons. More employed people moving into unemployment, and fewer employed workers finding jobs. One possible reason for the massive divergence is the birth death model, which added 231,000 jobs in March. These are actually not jobs, but merely an assumption by the. Bureau of Labor, of Labor Statistics as to how many new businesses were created and hired workers based on statistical assumptions. Again, Jeremy, you're absolutely right. These are not actual jobs at all. So where is the truth? Where do we, where do we get our we're truth? We're going to keep trying to, trying to dig and find the truth because the truth is there. It doesn't go away. You can't mess with it. Two and two is four. We're going to keep digging away at the truth in the next segment because we're going to look at the real estate market and the ironies in the real estate market that are going on. And um, in the meantime, come check us out, guildhallwealth.com, the number 18778silver, the website, guildhallwealth.com, or you can even go to our e-store, guildhallpreciousmetals.com. It's all about physical. If you can't hold it, you don't own it. You want to have some physical assets, protect yourself, protect your family, Great opportunity. We'll talk about the opportunities in the metals markets as well. Lots more to come on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. We are ticking along. We are getting through our, uh, our agenda for the day, Jerry. Let's talk about... Um, about the real estate market. Everyone is starting to be concerned about the interest rates in Canada. And um, as you know, I like to look at the real estate blog, Better Dwelling. Mm -hmm. And you know, you've been, you've been talking today, this tale of, tale of two things where everything seems to be contradicted somewhere along, along right. the line. Yes. Um, and there's even contradictions in the, gold, in, in the silver supply that we'll, we'll get to in the next segment. But listen to this contradiction, okay? In Better Dwelling, go to betterdwelling.com, and you'll see articles saying things like one in four mortgages are amortized past 30, 35 years, meaning there's a lot of leverage in the banks. 
Then you have other articles talking about delinquencies are way up. That means people haven't paid their mortgage for three months and something has to be done. Now, there's other articles talking about why the amortization is up is because they're trying to keep people from default. So when the interest, <laughs> here we go with the irony, everyone, three, two, one. When the interest rates go up and the houses become unaffordable, the bank responds, the lenders respond by amortizing out further so that they reduce their payments. The result, the next article in, in betterdwelling.com talks about how the housing market is heating up again. <laughs> and so there's the threat of raising the interest rate, in which case the bank is going to have to amortize out further to prevent, 40, to prevent the bubble from bursting. So which is it? If you, are keep, if you are preventing the bubble from bursting, you can only make the bubble grow, bur grow yeah, further. That's right. Which means, and you can't, and if you're gonna give the medicine, but not fix anything, right? You're, it is so hypocritical what's happening. So when I hear things, oh, they gotta raise the rates because they gotta slow down this inflation in, in the real estate market because it's getting hot again. Well, why is it getting hot? Because you're not letting it cool down. It, like we always talk about, you've turned off the flow from the bathtub, but you've turned the sink on full, full, mm -hmm. full all the blast. way. So there's no ending in sight to this. If they raise the rates, they're gonna have to do more to keep people from defaulting. This is a vicious cycle. And the only way, the net effects of this cycle ending can, can only be bad. Mm -hmm. it, it definitely will. And it will lead to the total, and again, the assets that they, they rest upon, and all of these assets rest upon the dollar. The dollar will be the victim in this whole thing, whether it be the Canadian dollar, US dollar. It's more debt added on. Delinquencies will rise, are rising right now. Defaults, they're trying to avoid defaults, all the while promoting more debt. The instrument that they want to sell is debt. They yeah. want you in debt. They want you to be a slave. And this is the way to do it. But they want to pretend that, they are, that there's also inflation that they have to fight. Like, how do you fight this inflation if you're not going to let things default? That's right. And the redefining this, this inflation, the jobs data that came out apparently is inflationary, not the creation of the monetary, the, the currency, and the creation of the, of the balance sheets. That's inflation. When you expand the currencies, that's inflation, not, not growth with jobs and economic activity. They're, they're, they're trying to define that as inflationary. And, and not only that, but if you're going to go into all of these debts and create this currency out of thin air and do all sorts of programs with it that nobody's asked for and send the money all over the world where people didn't ask for that to happen, then why do you need our taxes? You do not need our taxes if you're just going to go ahead and create the currency out of thin air and just deficit spend ridiculous amounts that our taxes can't pay off in the first place. So why are you taxing us? You do not need to tax us 
if you have the access to the printing press and you believe in modern monetary theory that you can just print forever, and then what? Raise, you see the result, which is inflation, and now we all have a hidden tax. That's right. And people are always worried, Jerry, about the, oh, are, are they going to confiscate our gold? Are they going to... Are they going to come out into hard fascism and, and roll tanks in the streets and steal our gold? And, and you're sitting there saying, but they already take 30 40% of your taxes. They take 13% of everything on top, and then inflation's at 15%. You're already 60% of your hard labor stolen, and they're just, they're just printing the currency. Mm-hmm. And then they, they scare you with, infl- with with the interest rates, the, mm-hmm. oh, we got to fight this inflation. Well, it's not a, fun, a natural. It's not just a phenomenon that came out of nowhere. Correct. It's all. You know. So, what are we? What are we? Why are we talking about this? Because there is a way to protect yourself, and even Alan Greenspan, former head of the Federal Reserve, knows that there's one way to protect yourself against all this. That's right. Physical gold and physical silver have no counterparty risk. It takes blood sweat and tears to pull it out of the ground it's finite you can't double the mine supply overnight you can only add to the mines to the stockpiles of gold and silver by less than two percent a year which is why they are incredible inflation hedges everybody knows it even subconsciously and it means that over the next several years there is nothing but blue skies ahead an open road, mm-hmm. in my opinion, for the physical precious metals. And I know I'm not alone because BRICS nations are buying, central banks are buying, uh, Gen Z uh, in Asia is buying, uh, Gallup polls are telling, are saying everybody's getting more involved in the precious metals market. So why not own the physical precious metals, work with the company that's been around for 20 years, that we focus on physical metals in registered accounts, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com, and protect yourself, hedge yourself. And once you own it, you'll find yourself sleeping better at night. It's true. Because there's peace of mind when you own physical gold and silver, knowing that there's no counterparty risk, and that the opportunities moving ahead are going to just get better and better. And by the way, you're in early enough before everyone else is trying to get in and there's no product available. Hmm. That's right. Consider that over the break, over the commercial, and then we'll get back and talk about supply demand. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. It's The Real Money Show. More to come on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, I wanted to share... Um, I was listening to Arcadia Economics. I didn't get through the whole thing, but they were doing, they had a panel discussion on silver supply. So throughout the show today, we've been talking about the contradictions everywhere. So they were talking to um, the, the head of Fortuna Silver. They own mines in something like six, seven countries. And they were talking about Mexico, and Mexico is making it harder and harder to get permits. So it's this idea of, we want to be gentle to the environment, right? We want to be environmentally friendly, 
even though around everywhere else around the world they're not doing it. But here we have to in North America. So they're making it harder to mine the metal at a time when they want everybody to switch over to solar power and drive cars with 1,000-pound batteries in them, which are filled with silver. Yeah. Obviously, you can't have it two ways. So what would, what's your assessment of that situation, and how does it get resolved? Well, as, um, as truth be told, you cannot have a civilization without silver. You know, you cannot have growth, and you cannot have civilization continue without you digging that silver out of the ground. So it's, it's, more, like, it's more or less the, the brick nations moving along and the West on the outside looking in. Why do you need why, – why can't, why can't society function without silver? Well, the, the industrial attributes alone in silver, you require silver. It's irreplaceable. They've tried over a number of years to replace silver in, in various, in various um, applications, specifically in voltaic and in solar. There's such a demand for solar and battery power, um, but silver is the best, is the best conductor for that, um, even in the military applications. So you need silver regardless, you know, anything with a light switch, medical devices, silver is that element. So as we are trying over here in the West to, to stymie the, the mining for the, for the case of, you know, making the environment green um, and you need solar panels to go green, well, how are you going to get the solar panels without the silver? The contradiction is there and there, well, was, I, there will become a point where I, they're going to have to get that diesel-powered excavator and get into the ground. Now, here's the thing. Look at it both ways. Either way you look at it. If you are going to go after creating a green economy, you're going to need these, these elements. You're going to need these commodities. And if you can't get them because you've, made, you've stymied the mining industry, then those commodities that do exist go rapidly higher in price. That's number one. Or... You, you realize that you can't do without it, and you let the mining open, right? And I see that as a good thing as well, because right now, if they do not let the mining go higher, uh, something like the cost to produce silver, something like $15 an ounce. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. so the, the margins, if we're trading at $24 an ounce, is ridiculous. Back mm -hmm. in 2011, this is the guy from Fortuna, he said that uh, it was trading at, at uh, $9 and it was $27 an ounce. So that was three times margin. So imagine right now, if you were three times margin, based at $15, that would put well, you to $45 an ounce yep. without anything, without anything. So um, you can't just turn a light switch and turn a mine on. No, not at all. So we're basically heading towards um, a conclusion of prices going sky high just based on the fact that you can't get it. And there's a, there's a deficit. That's right. Right? They're pulling, they're pulling less out of the ground than what we need. So it's going to take a long time before you're going to get a lot of physical silver back in the market to actually be able to affect the price. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, the price is going to go sky high. So either way, either you ramp up production to fix the, the green, going green, in which case you obviously need a lot of silver and that's going to push the price higher, right? Or you, or you keep trying to stop the mining, which is going to push the price higher. That's right. So either way we win. 
Either way, the price is going much, much higher. So if you think the banking system is stable, fine, great. You still can see the fundamental supply demand on precious metals to push it sky high. That's right. Well, you know, there are entities that don't that don't see the financial system and it sees a, it sees a need for a pivot away from the traditional f- f- of banking systems and that that would be the brick nations um just while everyone is distracting this is coming from uh, pivot lives matter while everyone's distracted with biden falling the BRICS group is actually on the verge of potentially creating a currency backed by gold they're actually meeting right now there was a meeting of foreign ministers from the BRICS countries that started yesterday in south africa there's foreign ministers from at least 15 other countries from this from the global from the global south that were invited to a the, to a second BRICS meeting which is happening today. They're expanding and they're setting up the new development bank, including Egypt and other countries, um, potentially Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and a new common currency are coming. So there is a shift away from this central bank digital currency idea, this inflationary system, a fiat-backed system, or fiat-unbacked system, I should say, to a backed system. There is credibility and when you back your currency up, and there's credibility when you back it up with that timeless asset that civilization has seen over the course of centuries, which is gold. Jerry, we have about 20 seconds left, 30 seconds. What happens if the BRICS nations actually were to back a currency with gold? What does that do to the price potentially? Well, just like, um, well, we have, to, we have to start dealing with the debt. So immediately, once you start doing that, you, you deal with the inflation, and then you add you. You can revalue the gold price, and everyone's talking about they're seeing this idea of revaluation in the gold price because when you have the gold price now at a – which is your reserve asset, tier one capital, your guarantee, your down payment for your home. If you increase that down payment, well, guess what? You have less debt, and that's the solution for less debt, more confidence, multipolar. This is the solution, and this is why Mooney, going back to the, the senator, he tabled the Gold Standard Restoration Act. And this is a solution to bring stability to the currency, to the financial systems, sleep better at night, own your physical assets outside of the banking system with Guildhall Wealth. Give us a call, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. This was another episode of The Real Money Show. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.